The Commentary Booth is a show for media lovers by media lovers just like you. If you want to support the show, go to jamieappsmedia.com. Welcome to The Commentary Booth, your weekly entertainment recap and review show. My name is Jamie Apps, and each week I'm joined by a rotating cast of co-hosts to run you through the entertainment media we consumed during the week. Along the way, we'll provide our commentary and recommendations. This week, I'm joined by a DJ and music executive at Teg Live, who lists his favourite movie as Donnie Darko and favourite TV show as Seinfeld. Welcome back to the show, Jackson Carr. Thanks, man. Good to be back. How's it going? Pretty good. Good to see the uh, restrictions are slowly going away now. Yeah, it's hopefully um, we can keep going with them. Like there were some, I don't know if you saw, but there were some idiots up in Queensland that they said you can go on picnics and up in Burley, like everyone was on this hill and competing stuff. So I'm kind of afraid of a second wave if, if people keep doing that. But hopefully there's more good than bad around with everyone. Yeah, fingers crossed we don't end up with more problems than we had before. Yeah. How's everything with work and that going? Is it slowly coming back? Yeah, slowly coming back. I've just been working on a project with um, doing refunds for last year. There was the uh, the Boomers versus the USA basketball team in Melbourne, Sydney, and um, there was a few problems with everything with like the players not turning up and the seats and stuff. So the ACCC sent down their verdict, and I've just been working on refunds and stuff for that. So very admin, and it's not – like my usual marketing stuff, it's great to be working and stuff, so I'm not complaining at all. Yeah, it's not too bad. At least it's something to sort of break the boredom up. Yeah, exactly. Plus the sports stuff, which I love. Um, so it's, it's not yeah. too bad considering there's no sport at the moment. Yeah, so speaking of having no sport at the moment, The Last Dance filling that void a little bit. Oh, mate, I literally, 5 o'clock every Monday, I'm in front of the TV. I'm at home. My parents, as I mentioned last time, I'm like, Mum, leave me alone. I need this hour and a half, two hours, and I'm, I'm loving it. How are you finding it? Awesome. It's one of the best documentaries I've seen. The fact they have that much footage and they, everybody, pretty much everybody they asked seem, seemingly was willing to be interviewed for the show. Yeah, it's quite amazing. And you see everything on the documentary from like his former teammates. Like, it was awesome seeing Dennis Rodman being interviewed. And then even in the, like, the last couple of episodes, I really enjoyed – like how he was talking about his sponsorship with Nike and how that came about. And back in the eighties, everyone was in com with, with like Converse and then Nike came to him and were like, Hey, I want to, we want to make you like a tennis player, like an individual player. And, and they had like these goals to sell X amount of shoes. I can't remember how much it was. And they just sold like hundreds of millions within the first couple of years. It's all that kind of like sponsorship stuff really interests me. So that was amazing to see. Yeah. I think it was something like they expected to sell what 3 million or something in the first four years and they did it in like six months or something yeah crazy and that was in the 80s as well and it's just to see just amazing to see the jordan brand how it's gone from there to where it is now and yes yeah, he's just a what he did for the nba not just on the court but off the court and individuals in team sports truly no one can be compared to him because he just changed the whole game and i, I personally think that's why he'll be remembered as the greatest of all time not just for what he did on the court but if there wasn't for him in the 80s and the 90s, I don't think the NBA would be where it's at right now in terms of his popularity and stuff. So 
it's just really interesting to see that side of the whole documentary as well, which is something I didn't expect, but I was stoked to see. Yeah, absolutely. The NBA wouldn't be anything near what it is at the moment without his influence. Yeah, exactly. He's oh, just amazing. It's also interesting to see like his gambling habits and stuff and how all the, the media like putting pressure on him and stuff because they found out what he was doing. And I think that kind of led, led him to retire for the first time because he just had enough of it mentally and stuff. But I think that's what they'll go into in the next two episodes. Yeah, it's good to see that they've actually gone into those bad times as well, like the dark moments that he had. Yeah, it's good of him to let them do it as well because I guess he'd have the final say of everything and obviously he's got to talk about it all. So he seems like he's very open with everything that happened and, um, yeah, just a, a really insightful, great look into one of the greatest athletes across any sport. Even with, like, the... um the bad blood that he seemed to have with Isaiah Thomas. He seemed to be pretty open <laughs> yeah. with that as well. It's funny, like, because of that bad blood, I've seen a few, like, Isaiah, Isaiah Thomas, the current NBA player, and there's, like, another NFL player that kept tweeting, like, everyone's acting like I'm the one that Jordan had a beef with and stuff. So it's quite funny to see how um, kids these days might not have known about the Isaiah Thomas in the 90s and, uh, I guess, are being educated on a re- one of the greatest point guards of all time. But obviously things that happened off the court prevented him from playing in that dream team and maybe achieving what he would have liked internationally. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see where the next couple of episodes go as well. So sad there's only four left. There's only two more weeks. I don't know what I'm going to do. I know. Ridiculous. It's, it's gone so quickly, but each week it's so good. It's kind of sad seeing Kobe being interviewed and stuff. That was a tough watch. Yeah, that was uh, hard to watch. Yeah. As soon as it, like... At the start of the episode, when it was dedicated to him, I was like, oh, boy, here we go. Yeah. And the worst thing is, because when it's aired here, it's a few hours after America, and I sit on Twitter all day, and I, I saw people talking and tweeting about it and stuff, and I tried try to keep, keep offline and see, but I knew what was coming. And I and also, yeah, just seeing that was just kind of emotional, so I had to pause it for a minute and take a walk and then got back into it. And then uh, I also checked out the Cronulla Sharks Road to Victory over the weekend as another bit of a sports fix. Was that the one on their website? Yeah. Yeah, I watched that as well. Oh, mate. Us both being Cronulla fans, I still get emotional every time I, I see any footage of that grand final. As soon as that they got to the grand final, I was like, oh, here, here it all comes again. All the emotions came flooding back. <laughs> I don't think I've... Yeah, I haven't tried to watch... I haven't watched the full grand final since the actual grand final just because I... Haven't gotten around to it. So it was interesting hearing like some of the commentary and seeing some stuff. But, oh, man, just going through that season, I forgot about a bunch of different things and some of the players. And it's a really good look in how we went. And um, it's amazing to see who's left since then, I guess, when they start again. But, yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure if I'd be able to re-watch the whole grand final, though. It was just the, like, 10, 15 minutes in this documentary was hard enough. Too stressful. Oh, Yeah. Like, that last 10 minutes of the game was ridiculous. <laughs> oh, just the anxiety and stuff. I remember, oh, I, I'm, I'm not good at watching sport that I've watched before. Even if I know the result, like, even going back to basketball, like, the, the playoffs with Portland and OKC last year when Dame hit that winner to send up the series. Even watching that, I know the result, but I still can't watch it. I still get anxious because I think back to how I felt in, like, with that Cronulla Grand Final and after a couple of drinks and... I think it was listening out the day before, so when I got to the grand final, it was a bit dusty and just a very surreal day. And then just what that final whistle when it went off, I remember just looking around, seeing so many Cronulla fans just everywhere. We just controlled the whole ground. I reckon we had like 90% of the people. 
and just everyone was crying and embracing and oh, it was, wow, honestly, best sporting moment of my life. Yeah, it's like one of the only times I've like fully properly cried at the end of a game. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, I even teared up in the documentary. Yeah, I was getting close. My mum tried to ring me when the like the final whistle went, and I just couldn't talk on the phone. I was like, no. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> I like the times. I'm sport. I really do. The only thing I wish that the documentary had was a bit more like post interviews, sort of with players looking back on yeah some of those pivotal moments. Yeah, definitely. I know there's been a few yeah. podcasts, like Chad Townsend's got a podcast, I forgot what it's called, but he's interviewed Jack Bird and James Maloney and stuff. I haven't actually listened to them yet, but it's on my list of things I've listened to, and apparently people I've spoken to have said that they've been really great listens just hearing the players talk about it so fondly, and even after they've moved on from the club, and Maloney still talked it up, and we all know that he had a bit of a falling out when he left Cronulla, so that was nice. It's nice that they still look on it so positively. Yeah, because this documentary just sort of felt like sort of a recap highlight package, whereas if it had those interviews, I think it would have just taken it to the next level. Yeah, definitely. Uh, what else have you been checking out? Man, literally, like, when I was thinking about what I wanted to talk to you about tonight, it was I've literally just been reading and watching and just doing a lot of sports stuff. So um, last time I was on the, the podcast, I mentioned that book by Shia Serrano I, I read um, about his – the rap yearbook. I've now been reading a book called Basketball and Other Things. So it's basically a collection of um, questions asked, answered, and illustrated by him. So um, it's a broad range of different things where he just talks about he's grown up loving the NBA. So there's things like um, who's the greatest dunker in NBA history, and make a Franken player. So you pick up parts from different players and stuff. Um, and they, he also talks about, I'm only halfway through it, but he also talks about like the best. Um, TV shows and movies with like basketball players and stuff, and it's like really well illustrated, really well written, and so it's, it's a nice look on um, basketball. Like seriousness, also kind of funny. It's a really good forward by Reggie Miller, who's one of my favourite non-Portland players growing up. So that was quite an interesting read and stuff. So yeah, I've had another book that has been keeping me going without sport. I guess sounds like it'd be like a good companion to the the Last Dance. Yeah, so in the um, one of the chapters, it actually says the first chapter is what year was the was Michael Jordan the best version of Michael Jordan? So he just goes through all the stats and all the year by year of what was the best one. And um, actually, when I first started watching The Last Dance, that's what inspired me to start reading this again because I remembered that, so I reread that. And um, yeah, it's just missing missing sport. Like I was watching some um, streams of. People playing NBA 2K and it's just not the same. I think this is a bit more interesting than that. So, yeah. Is it like the other book as well where he gets other people's perspectives? No, it's just um, it's just his writing. So um, he also has like little notes and stuff. But, it's yeah, it's just all his perspective and all. But it's also really well illustrated and stuff. So I'm actually the chapter I'm up to right now, it's funny enough, it's a, um, he's got a drawing of a Spurs player and it's which dunks are the most disrespectful dunk in the Hall of Fame. So he goes through and he says, are all dunks disrespectful? How do you know when a dunk is disrespectful? And then he just goes through them all. So whenever I read anything he writes, I go on YouTube and have a look at the footage and stuff if it's something I don't necessarily know because a lot of stuff from the 80s and 90s, which I don't really remember. So, yeah, it's, I, I, it's great. It's a really good read. Yeah, it sounds like the perfect thing to have during this time of no sport. It gives you something to go and search out and watch bits and pieces. Yeah, definitely. And actually, it was 
Um, one of President Obama's favourite reads of 2017. So you know, he always releases his good book. So that would have been a real honour for Shia when he when it came out. Oh, absolutely. To get mentioned by the, the former president's pretty amazing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, George, I mean, Obama's a big Chicago Bulls fan as well. So um, he's not just like a fake sporting fan. So, yeah, you'd be quite um, honoured by that. You look back and you look in the index and you can actually search for your favourite players or uh, moments or whatever. So, obviously, the first thing I did, Damian Lillard being my favourite current player, I went and read all the pages of his inf- all his stuff. Um, but they had everything from finals, all different years, Yao Ming, Kevin Love. Just I'm just picking out random names here. Even has things like the Jordan Shrug, which we saw in the um, last dance against my beloved Portland. So, no, oh, nice. So it's like it's something you can actually you don't have to sit there and read page by page. You can sort of skip around in. Yeah, it's beautiful. Like I, you can look at the opening chapters and stuff, and you just say, "Hey, I want to read this or whatever." But I like to read it all in one go. But um, I have bounced around a little bit as well. Nice. I don't really want to read the chapter called Was Kobe Bryant a Dork? I think it's a bit too soon just yet. But we'll yeah, get there probably a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Obama, what did you think of his first appearance on The Last Dance where he was billed as former Chicago resident? Yeah, I saw, that. I saw a tweet. It said former Chicago resident. And then on the, on the last two, it said President Obama. I was like, oh, okay. He's obviously progressed um, i don't know if there was an editing error or what not but interesting yeah i'd be interested to know if the the recent episodes were re-edited so that they said president yeah and it might have just slipped through the cracks or i don't know where they get that logic or the thoughts behind that yeah it was very strange the first time he popped up i was like what? that's a bit disrespectful <laughs> yeah big time but even looking back at that and some of the People that come up, like they were interesting interviewing Nas and Justin Timberlake. And then my, fa- I think one of my favourite things I've, in the whole thing, I'm just thinking of it now, is when Jerry Seinfeld was there, footage from the 90s, and he was talking and stuff. And obviously, as you mentioned, Seinfeld's my favourite show of all time. And Jordan's probably my favourite athlete from the 90s, if not one of my favourite of all time. So seeing them together, fanboying a little bit. Especially like seeing Jerry's reaction too. Like even he seemed to be sort of starstruck when he was in the locker room. Yeah, not many people would have been let in, and yeah, you just, imagine being Jerry Seinfeld, one of the biggest celebrities in the '90s, and that happening, and then being starstruck by one of the biggest athletes. So, um, worlds are, in the words of a Seinfeld quote, "Worlds are colliding." And I no- noticed you've been watching another sort of sports-related show. I guess we could call it. Yeah, it was. Oh, it was a, a do- another documentary. Um, it was on. Aaron Hernandez, the former New England Patriots player who, like only a few years ago, he scored a touchdown in the in a Super Bowl against the Giants and um, he was he went to jail for murder and he was literally murdered people, without giving too much away, he murdered people when he was um, playing in the NFL, which is, you always hear about sporting players, not always, but you hear about sporting players getting into trouble with the law once they finish, but to have a current, like a player currently in the New England Patriots, arguably the the biggest NFL team of the past 10 years and having him go to jail and stuff, that was surreal because, yeah, well, I, I, when I watched that Don't Cats, I was like, oh, True Crime's pretty cool. And then I suggested that and I was like, I've got to watch this. And I didn't really, when it was all happening, I wasn't a big NFL fan because I only got into it the last few years, but just seeing everything that he did and 
yeah, it was f- three episodes. It was full on. It was, yeah, he was, um, wasn't a nice story, but yeah, something I, I yeah. felt I had to watch. The fact that it happened to while he was playing just made it so much more intense. Yeah. And, and things they covered in it, he literally did it like he murdered someone. And then just went and, like, they, because they found out things he previously did without giving chest right, and he murdered someone, and then he started, he was just playing, like nothing ever happened, and it's, how, inside the mind of a student, how can you, I, I couldn't do that, that I couldn't murder anyone, but I, I couldn't. That, and, it, like, it raises questions on how much did the Patriots know, and... Yeah. It was just wild, like, you expect to, if a sports player is going to get caught up in some sort of legal trouble it's not going to be murder nah not at all like it's like to the absolute maximum extreme yeah you, as, as messed up as you'll see like sporting players assaulting people like Jack Wyden a few years ago or any further thoughts of assault but just that next level of literally killing someone and it looked like he just did it in cold blood and it wasn't like it was a I think the term's manslaughter. He literally murdered someone, and it's just, and he just didn't seem to care. And then, I guess it, it's kind of weird because he might not have had the same emotions as someone else that doesn't get hit all the time playing NFL, like because you boom, 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 and yeah, it's just oh, it's weird to think about. Yeah, really quality documentary though. I loved it when it came out. Yeah, really well put together. I've I've been wanting to watch it for a while, and I just yeah, once I watched that. Don't Cats. I was like, oh, I'm, I'm into, I like true crime now, so I um, he gave that a go, and I need to watch more true crime stuff. If you had any recommendations, I'd be open to watch them. Uh, none off the top of my head. I have a few on the schedule planned to watch, so I'll keep you updated once I get through them. Yeah, maybe you can watch one and be on the next podcast, and I'll listen and I'll watch it like the next person you talk to, whether it's Blake or sorry, I forget the other guy's name, and um. Yeah, you know, see how you go with everything that you're watching, I guess. Yep. Yeah, so this weekend, sort of, I had a bit of a movie weekend. Checked out yeah. uh, the new Chris Hemsworth uh, movie that's on Netflix, Extraction. Yeah, I love him. How was that? It was actually pretty good. Like, it's very much just a run-of-the-mill action blockbuster. Yeah. But Hemsworth just is really good as... He seems to fit the the role of a former soldier really well. I think what's Thor, I guess so that's a bit of a, a soldier, you can say. Yeah, so he's he's playing this soldier that is tasked with extracting a Indian gangster's son who's been kidnapped. Okay. It all takes place in India, um, so obviously super crowded, and then oh, wow. because it's based on a graphic novel, it's kind of really over the top in some sequences. Oh, that sounds awesome. The moment that really stood out for, for me was in the early part of the movie, there's this chase scene, which is all filmed sort of as it follows him as one like continuous long shot. Yeah. So it's just like this intense part where it's like, it just feels like the action is rolling and rolling and rolling and there's nothing that is going to get in the way of it. So that was that was probably the most that was the coolest thing I saw in it. Was it a Michael Bay film? Is that what? Or did I hear that wrong? Uh, no. Oh, who was the director of that? I'm just trying to think. Uh, I did look it up today, and I can't remember his name. It was someone's first movie, though. 
Oh, okay. That's wild. And to put it in India where there's like heaps of people around and having shots like that. Yeah, I definitely think it's a movie that I need to watch this weekend. Extraction. Oh, Joe Russo, was it? That sounds about right. But yeah, there's apparently a sequel in the works at the moment, so. Perfect. Really good, especially for like something that just popped up on Netflix at this time when there is not a lot happening in the movie world. Yeah, it didn't seem like there was a big promo push for it. It just seemed like it came out of nowhere. So, um, and everyone just seemed to be talking up, talking up. So I think that's something I definitely have to watch this weekend. That's for sure. Definitely give it a look. Um, one to avoid though is probably X Men Dark Phoenix. Okay. Like I wanted to see it when it first came out, and I just never got around to it. And then it it popped up on Disney Plus this week. Yep, not the best. Bit of a sad ending to the X Men and Fox relationship. Ah, see, I'm a, I, as with a lot of people these days. I love Marvel movies. I have a actually an Iron Man and Stanley tattoo on my leg, so I'm that level. But something I've never really been able to get into is all the X-Men movies. Like, I like the spin-offs um, with Deadpool. Um, but just the, when the X-Men together, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it was because they weren't that good 10 years ago and I just have a bad taste on that. That's something I saw come out. I was like, you know what? Probably going to give that a pass. And after what you've said, not rushing to watch it. That's for sure. Yeah, I think that's the been the big problem. Like, everybody sort of only really knows... Wolverine, Cyclops, they don't really know any of the the side characters all that well. Yeah. And then Fox didn't do a great job with the first couple of movies and from then it's just been trying to play catch up and they've never really done anything crazy apart from Logan. Yeah, Logan was good. I enjoyed that. But just when they're all together as a gang or a squad or whatever you want to call it, yeah, I'm not um just not into it. Yeah, well, hopefully now that Disney has purchased Fox, we can get them in the actual Marvel universe proper and get something quality out of them. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Because they do have characters that have potential. It's just a matter of somebody executing on that potential properly. Yeah, absolutely. You look at, like, Deadpool and the characters in that, they're all all awesome and stuff, and that's still part of the X-Men universe, so... Hopefully the right people behind it can definitely improve and just go to make Disney a more powerhouse even more than they are at the moment with the movies and everything they're doing once everything goes back to normal. Yeah, it's crazy how much stuff they have at the moment. Yeah. Oh, I just can't wait for everything to start running out again. Like I was looking forward to seeing Black Widow, speaking of Marvel, but I, that's obviously been pushed back and um, there's a few other ones that have been as well. So Yeah, and then there's... there's um. The New Mutants as well, which is sort of a, an X-Men spin-off, but it looks like a horror-type movie, which seems to be coming out, should be soon, but it was scheduled for soon, and then it's kind of been, everything's delayed, and now it's a matter of, is it going to come out on just streaming platforms? So. Yeah, wow. And that'd lose them a lot of money. And everything just, because they'd have to push that back or then push other movies back and stuff. And I know Venom 2 was supposed to be scheduled for like October this year but I guess they'd have to move that as well and even though that's a Sony Marvel movie it's um but it's gonna be very interesting to see what studios do with all their movies plans for the rest of the year and when they come out because obviously we can't send cinemas and even if, with smaller capacity cinemas movie theaters won't make the money that they would if they sold out a cinema so yeah they might it's either 
they wait or if the universal results this week are anything to go by they when they put out um trolls world tour it became like a record setting release for them and it was it had only been out in cinemas for about a week and then it went straight to on demand and it's made made all its money back just on on demand so really there's potential there for movies to come out that way especially when people are stuck at home and looking for things to watch like i know i'd drop five dollars on a movie yeah I, we've started doing that or like we, we dropped some money on we watched jojo rabbit which was amazing and then the gentleman finally came out on where you could rent it for a day and we watched that and because obviously we're not spending as much money going to movies or whatever six dollars on a movie and you watch with a couple of people it's a couple of dollars it's yeah it's definitely worth it and if you're getting new content and stuff it's um i think this is going to be a time where people are going to be open to doing that more so we might see even the way these cinemas oh sorry these russian companies change their release plans as well yeah like six bucks for a movie like you'd probably you'd be willing to see at least one two movies a week that way rather than going to the cinema and spending 30 40 bucks yeah and then you think about the popcorn and drinks and stuff it's Six dollars, make your own popcorn, make your own drinks, have a couple of beers if you if you're that way inclined, and um, yeah, I, I think it's a great way, great way to spend some money. Uh, and anything else you've been sort of using entertainment wise? Oh man, I've been I started running a lot, um, and obviously when I run, I've been doing like long distance running, so I did like five, ten, I did the half marathon the other day. So I've been <sighs> listening to a lot of music. <laughs> yeah, I've how? Just, Why? <laughs> I did the sea to serve a couple of times and then I was, I started running and I was like, okay, I got to 14 Ks and I was like, you know what? I've been drinking heaps. I'm not allowed to have another beer until I run a half marathon. And then just one day I was like, I need to do this because I need a beer. So I've been listening to a lot of like music and stuff and with a lot of live streams that DJs are doing, it's been amazing. Like, I've been listening to some Dom Dollars done like three different streams. So I've listened, I listen to them when I'm running and I actually finally something I want to do for years. I've actually made a playlist of on my on my own Spotify and I've called it Happy Songs and it's basically songs that make me feel happy or that I've liked from over the years. No rules except that. So I use the happy songs to for the last little bit of my run to help me get over the line because last few Ks you're struggling and stuff. So everything from like house from like the nineties and two thousands to songs I knew when I was younger, some newer stuff and it's been really good putting it together and curating it and just whenever I think of a song randomly I'll just add it to it. So I've been, I reckon, over the last few weeks, I've listened to more music than watching anything else. And um, I'm also trying to listen to albums I've never listened to before. So I listened to um, Burial Album the other day, Radiohead. I've been listening to Tool. Even though I saw them in concert, I'd never listened to their albums and stuff. So I'm trying to use this time to listen to stuff I don't usually listen to. So really enjoying it, actually. Nice. Is the playlist public? Can people find it if they look for it? Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll um, I can send you. It's, I just called Happy Songs, and um, I think it's under my profile, Jackson Carr. Um, but I'll look it up and I'll figure it out. And maybe if you just wanted to, you can put in the comments or like a, a note for it. Yeah, it's it's fun, and I've I've got friends to send me songs to put on and stuff. It's just a bit of a laugh, and makes you feel good. Yeah, nice. Because I can't DJ at the moment, so this is the closest thing I can do, I guess. Closest thing you get to it is just put together playlists for people. Yeah. Uh, and then they're trying to stay happy. I watched. Uh... Frenchie's new stand-up comedy special over on Amazon Prime called Turn It Up. Frenchie, like that, the bloke from down your way, the comedian. Yeah. 
He's got a thing on Amazon. That's hectic. He's funny. I like him. They put out a whole heap of new specials this week, and he got got his put up there. Wow. It's, yeah, it's typical Frenchy comedy, like super crashed, unpredictable, all over the place. I like him. He's a funny guy. I'm going to watch that. That sounds funny. How long does it go for? An hour and 17 minutes or something like that. Wow. And, yeah, like it, he just oh, takes shots at footballers, particularly uh, Big Puppy. Oh, Perfect. So that's that's one of the best parts. Uh, and then one of his fans in attendance cops a bit of a grilling because he has a couple of maxi bonds in his pocket. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's just one of those ones that just goes all over the place. Just crazy, ridiculous humor, but super funny. Just a good, stupid laugh and good to support, a, I guess, a local comedian that you, I didn't know. I just thought he was put up videos on Facebook and TikTok and stuff. Good to see he's... The stand-up specials. That sounds awesome. I'll have to check that out. Yeah, definitely worth a check. I laughed a lot. <laughs> Mrs. found it a bit stupid, but I found it quite funny. Uh, so I'm guessing it's just a bit of a bloke's humour. Yeah. It's just all like fart jokes, footballers, <laughs> stuff like that. Sometimes you just need that. And with everything going on in the world, sometimes you just need to laugh yourself silly over the dumbest stuff. Yeah, like it, it's not... It's not like super highbrow educational humor. It's literally just I'm being an idiot, putting maxi bonds up my nose and things like that. I spent enough time scrolling on TikTok laughing at dumb stuff. I'm pretty sure I could be good to support a local comedian and just have a not really have to think and have a laugh. Oh, definitely. I've definitely got to check that one out. Yeah, awesome to see him get something on Amazon Prime too. Yeah, such a global company as well. I usually see. Stan supporting Australian shows and stuff. I think they're producing more Australian content than anyone else. But to see Amazon, like the richest man in the world owns Amazon. So like having seen that, it's really great for him. So hopefully he get some good exposure from it. Yep. Uh, do you have a top recommendation for the week? Besides my playlist, because I like to support myself, I, <laughs> I can't go past The Last Dance. I think it's the best. I, it's not over yet, but it's, I reckon it's the best documentary I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, I'd agree. It, it's going to take something pretty terrible to knock it off the pedestal, I think, in the last couple of episodes. Yeah, yeah, that's number one for me. So I'm going to assume the same for you? Yeah, that and this week I'd probably recommend Extraction just because it's a really quality uh, action blockbuster that is available super easily via Netflix. Yeah, awesome. I'll check that one out. And um, do you have anything in sights to watch over the next week or so? Um, what did I have on my list? So Blake recommended Uncorked, so I have to go back and watch that. Of course he did. Uh, Westworld, yeah. I'm going to try and finish that last season. Yeah. And then Jerry Seinfeld drops a new special tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Well, is that tonight? Oh, it might oh. actually be tonight. It might be available now. So yeah, that's, I've got to check that one out, so we'll have to chat about that one next time. Yeah, definitely. Save that one for me. We'll, we'll talk about that. Um... I told, I told you last time I was going to try to get through Ozark. I got through the second season. Yep. Kind of struggled. Going, I've, from what I've heard from season three, I'm going to start that tonight. And also I need to watch um, Afterlife, Afterlife season two, Ricky Gervais' show. I think I'm going to laugh and cry myself silly in that. So that's my plan for this. And Extraction is my plan for next week or so. Yep. Yeah, that um, second season of Ozark's a bit slow, but the third one will pick it right back up for you. Mate, you got me going through it because of what you were saying, it was slow and it'll get good in season three. I, I pushed through, 
Like my half marathon, I made it to the end. I'm ready to go. Season three. Let's get it. Awesome. Okay. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the commentary booth. If you enjoyed the show, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes because it's really helping us grow. Top 10 in film reviews last week. Uh, you can follow me on social media at Jamie Apps Media, and you can follow Jackson on Instagram at Deckhead89. Thank you so much, Jackson. Thank you, my friend. I'll talk to you soon, hey? Yep. Have a good week. You too. See you, buddy. The Commentary Booth is a fan-funded production of Jamie Apps Media. You can support the podcast alongside our magazine, Jamzine, over on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Media. The following people supported at the Jam publisher level or higher, and you cannot fathom how incredibly appreciative we are of their support. Brian and June Hart, Caitlin Fitzgerald, Courtney Paulson, Tracy Apps. (laughs) 